Well, I want to start tonight by saying something to you, and that is that Jesus is right here. He's right here. He's right here. He's right here. Um, so often we're going off of our feelings, and, and sometimes we, we can go through big parts of our day. Sometimes we can go days and not feeling Jesus, wondering, gosh, you know, just feeling dry, empty. And um, such a big part of the turnaround as far as, as, far as, um, as far as what you would experience, as far as what you're longing to experience in your heart, happens as you simply agree, he's here. He's here. I don't have to work for it. It's, there's nothing I'm doing wrong. He's right here. He's here. He's next to you. He's in you. Um, I wanted to start with that because Suzanne just a moment ago was talking about how we have, we've both been feeling this for, for a while now, this restless. I would call it a restlessness. She called it a nesting um, th- because there's something brewing all, all around the earth, um, but, and it's happening right here in this, in this region as well, and that it's, it's, she said, you know, something's coming. We're not sure what it is. Well, we know that, that really what's happening is um, that there's, uh, the Lord is increasing the hunger in people for truth, for the real truth, which we all know is Jesus. And, and people have been searching, searching, searching. And um, the thing is, is they're about to find him in droves. Like lots of people are coming to the Lord. This last couple of weeks, I have been immersed in, in two books. I want to I tell you about them. One uh, is called The Reproducers, which is just really a simple little booklet. It's not very big. But I've just been so, um, it's been so fascinating. It's about, it's about the Jesus People Movement in the early 70s with, with uh, Chuck Smith, the pastor. Um, and, and I've been reading that a bunch. The other is the book of John in the Passion Translation. But I have just been, I have been immersed hours a day in the book of John. And I'm going back and forward and everything. I'm so enamored, so caught up with this man, Jesus, like he is captivating. And, um, and that's what's, I, I will even attribute all of this to the Holy Spirit. It's not like, like I'm such a great spiritual guy. That's not why I'm saying this. I'm saying pay attention because, because right now our spirits are getting amped up and it's not us. It's the Lord doing it, but we, we can respond. In other words, this hunger within us to want to know him more and, and experience him more do something with it, you know, invite him in more, talk to him more, get in the word. So I've been looking at these two books and um, I'm going to, I'm going to preach out of John in just a minute, but first I want to say a little bit more about this, um, uh, about what happened in the Jesus people movement. Most of you were too young to really know much about it. I was, I was alive, but I, I thought that I really didn't know much about that movement, but what I realized, the more I've, I've, um, not only read the book, and I started looking at some YouTube videos, which I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm like, oh, all the music I grew up with as a kid in a in a denominational church all came from the Jesus People movement. It was all part of, see, a lot of us got swept up. In fact, even the bands and the stuff we hear today, that all started happening back then. So we're all recipients of it, even if we, if you weren't, even if you weren't alive then, to be part of it. But it's the last really huge, the last move of God that just swept across North America. There have been some other great things happening in pockets, but this was pretty widespread. And in this church alone, 
This was a little church. There was a past, the pastor, Chuck. He was kind of going about his thing, pastoring his church, doing a good job, but it was a pretty small church. And he was very faithful, as, as pastors are. They're just plugging away, loving people. 17 years. And they got some really amazing prophecies about how they were going to be known throughout the world and how they were, they were going to meet Billy Graham and some other prophecies. And they were like, okay, that's great. We're just going to set that on a shelf because that really doesn't feel like anything we're experiencing. And then all of a sudden, God just breathed on this little church. And you know, in two years' time, they brought... 8,000 people to the Lord. Little church. 8,000 mostly hippies to the Lord. 2,000 of them were baptized in the ocean during that time, in those two years. It was just in a two-year span. And do you know why? This is, I want to go back to our church and how God's been preparing us for a long time for what's coming. What happened when I, as I was reading this book about that church, people said, we walked in and there were, it was just family. And I was loved and I wasn't judged. Hello, people. This is you. This is you. You... I'm telling you, at our last elder meeting, we were talking about how, yeah, we, you know, we like to go out and meet people ahead of time if we don't know them. But most of you all got there before we got to them because you're just out loving people and you're just being you. You're just being, you're just being you and you're doing it without judgment in your heart. And so these young hippies, most churches were not allowing them in because there was something wrong with them. They didn't smell right. They weren't wearing shoes, et cetera, et cetera. Their hair was really long and stringy or whatever. And, uh, and this church says, nope, we're just going to love you. And any time, if people were starting to complain because maybe, you know, they were getting their bare feet up on the, on the chairs or whatever, the pastor would say, well, then let's get rid of the chairs. We'll sit on boxes because we're not going to turn anybody away. And people just got it after a while. We're going to love them no matter what. We're going to love all people. So this is just a short clip um, to give you. Uh, I'm going to show another one in a minute, too. But just this is uh, Pastor Chuck the talking. The beauty the glory of the whole experience as the uh, beach is just lined with thousands of people singing the choruses and praising the Lord then walking out into the water and the bearing of the past and then when they realize that all of the past is gone that it's all been buried that God has absolutely nothing against them the slate is clean it's a brand new life now with Jesus not only that Even as the Spirit descended upon Jesus after his baptism, their hearts are open and they just receive the power of God's Spirit to live that new life that the Lord wants them to live. And it's indescribable. (laughs) Don't you love his Spirit? Don't you love his Spirit? Just full of life, full of joy. Um, And... uh, Wow, there's, there's so much more I could say. But, but, but I really want to make this mostly about Jesus tonight. I'm just letting you know this book, what it's doing, it's not that we're trying to recreate something that you can't anyway. It's not about that. It's just God saying, get ready, people, because that, what happened there, nobody could take credit for that. It was God turning up the, the heat, if you will, or whatever, but just people started to get hungry, and all it took was people who would love them, a, a church who would love them and not judge them. That's all it took. In fact, I, I, one story I read in that book said there was a young man that got you know, radically saved, came in. He was into drugs and everything. Well, they just introduced him to Jesus, and he got saved, and he's set free, and he's happy. And, uh, but nobody told him. They didn't like counsel him right there uh, when this happened. So nobody told him, like, you aren't supposed to keep going to doing drugs, you know? So, so he went from that meeting, you know, and went and did drugs, you know, to be with Jesus while he's doing drugs. 
And while he was doing that, nobody told him this. The Holy Spirit says to him, you know what? You're done with that now. That's, that was your old life. You know, you're free, you're free from that. You don't need that. And again, no condemnation even from the Lord. Just saying, you don't need that anymore. That's not, well, that's not for you. Nobody told him. That's, that's the kind of thing that was happening. And, of course, discipleship is good, and talking to people is really good to help them grow. But I'm saying the Lord is quite capable of actually cleaning people up. They, they are coming, and uh, they being lots of different kinds of people. Um, but let me, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Let me remind you of something I taught you guys about, about a half a year ago. This is um, Jesus with the woman at the well. And I'm, I'm not going to do any long teaching because I did that before. But just to remind you, this was a woman that was ostracized. She was judged terribly by everybody in her community, so much so that, you know, she's going to the well at the middle of the day so she didn't have to talk to anybody. But lo and behold, there's Jesus. And he loves on her and he treats her as a human being. And he asks something of her. You know, he treats her as someone that has worth. And um, she was a religious person, but not very, but didn't know God, really. Like, not a close connection with God, but a, re- but a spiritual, that's what I meant to say. She was a spiritual person, but didn't know, didn't have a good connection with God. Does that sound like a few people you might know hanging around this region? Like, maybe almost everybody? Most people would consider themselves spiritual, and they're searching. They just don't, most of them just don't have a close connection with God. And so something just feels like it's empty. And it was with this woman. And so... When she was inquiring about, about God and about where to worship, like this distant God, Jesus was introducing her to the Father and said, there's a Father who loves you as his daughter. She was so transformed that she went back to the village and told them all about it. And um, this, is what, this is what they said. She said to them, to the, village, uh, the people of the village, she said, come and meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one that we've all been waiting for. And this is the wild thing. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. These people that wanted nothing to do with her, that judged her, that, that called her horrible things, all of a sudden they care that, that, that she's had this encounter. What happened to her? Something radically transformed her. It was a man. His name was Jesus. And his love transformed her instantly. And so much so that a whole town comes out. We got we to see this guy. What happened to you? There's another story in the book, The Reproducers. This is from the early 70s, where this young woman, Charisse, same thing. She's a hippie, you know, on drugs, gets radically saved and, um, at a Bible study. Well, the next week, she brings five of her friends that are all drugged out, not saved, and they all get saved. That was one week later. They're like, wow, that was amazing. This was early on in the church when this was just starting to happen. Next week she comes back. She brings 17 women with her. All of them on drugs. They're like, these people need your help. They, they need Jesus. They all get saved. That was week number two. Week number three, she comes back with 35 women. All of them get saved. When we talk about how things could happen quickly. Oh, things can happen quickly. And do you know who the the greatest evangelists are? The ones who get radically touched and loved on by Jesus. And they come out of of a life that was just destroying them. And all of a sudden, their life is turned around. So this is why when the crowd's coming to Jesus, he says to them, as the crowds are emerging from the village, Jesus says to his disciples, why would you say the harvest is another four months away? Why would you say that? Look at all the people coming. Now is the harvest time. 
For their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain, ready for a spiritual harvest. Friends, this is where we are. It is where we are. And, and God has brought the world to the Bay Area. All the nations are here. And let me tell you, and as you know, all the different you know, spiritual, religious mindsets, everything's here. And guess what? Ultimately, they are all hungering for Jesus. And I'm telling you, something, something is about to pop. That's why when Jesus, when Jesus, when Suzanne, who has the eyes of Jesus, um, when, when she just said that, um, you know, that, that, that nesting thing, because something's coming. Nesting means there's a baby coming. There's babies coming. There's people coming into the kingdom. And we've been, been getting ready for, the Lord's been getting us ready for a long time. Because he's, he's been dealing with our own hearts and our own judgments and things like that and saying that's all got to go for this harvest that's coming. Last Saturday, um, Diane Jung, who's oversees our intercessors, they were in the back there and I was with them. And um, all of a sudden she starts to get overcome by the Spirit of God. And, and she's like, she's kind of in travail. And you're going to see it again in a minute because I took a video of her. <laughs> She was in travail, which just means the Spirit, just like we heard earlier in worship, the Spirit kind of takes people over sometimes, and it's a good thing. It feels good. But she's saying, oh, they're coming, they're coming. And I'm like, Diane, tell me more. So, so um, she wasn't able to be here tonight, so I said, we're going we're gonna to capture this on video. So here's Diane, our, our head intercessor, uh, telling you about this encounter she had last Saturday with what the Lord was saying. I'm here talking with Diane, and Diane, I wanted you to tell me again. Okay. The other day when we were in intercession, suddenly you were overtaken by the Lord and you were hearing, I heard you say, they're coming, they're coming. And it was over, it was overcoming you. So what was, yeah. what was happening? Tell me what was happening. Well, I think before that I really, I saw Jesus and I saw his eyes and he had these um, beams of light streaming out and, and, and just the light against darkness and that he is the light of the world and then we are the light of the world and all of a sudden I just saw like a lot of people are just footsteps and hearing it and just wow. oh and I said <laughs> they're coming they're coming and I just felt this wow. rush of the harvest coming forth and, and that God is preparing our hearts right now to love on them and I just felt this overwhelming sense <laughs> that it's time you yes. guys it's time ha They are coming. They're coming. And we're going to welcome them with open arms because Jesus is with us. And his love has overcome overcome us. And we're going to overcome them with his love. That's what I felt. (laughs) (laughs) They're coming. That's the message. They're coming. It's not a scary thing. This is a, this is a great thing. And as Suzanne said, my heart, it's not been this wahoo, yippee skippy, I'm so excited, they're coming. No, there's a little bit of, not trepidation, but there's like, whoa, they're coming. Get ready. And, um, and there's a determination in our hearts, like we're going to get ready because they are coming. I want to show you one more, one more um, video of, uh, this is uh, about the baptisms because I just want you to get I, one more time, I want you to feel what God can do. Feel in your spirit what it is that God can do. We're going back to the baptisms in, I think it's Corona Del Mar, but in the ocean down there with, uh, with Calvary Chapel in the early 70s. These happened all the time. This is not a one-time event. 
This is a baptismal service. Frisbee looking for the next person to baptize. Pretty awesome, huh? Pretty awesome. So I want to talk, I want to talk about Jesus. He's, he's the focus of all this. You understand that, right? This is all about Jesus. It always has been. It always will be. And all of our stories together are just sharing one big story of Jesus. Well, I want to Honestly, it was super hard. I've been, I've been so immersed in all of, the, all of John. I'm like, what do I even share with you tonight? But I picked John 6, where Jesus talks about being the bread of life. And um, to, to give it uh, of the little backstory is that in the first uh, 15 chapters, that's where the crowds are following Jesus. They're looking for him. They don't have food. He says to his disciples, what are we going to do? They're pretty stumped, you know. But they say, well, there's one kid with two fish and five loaves. Let's use that. Jesus says, cool, let's do that. He blesses it, uh, feeds the 5,000, probably a lot more than 5,000, but feeds 5,000. And one of the significant things about that miracle is that there were 12 basketfuls left over, which um, is, is so significant in that there are 12 disciples just think about each one of them having their own basket full for themselves after serving. In other words, as we pour out Jesus, let me tell you, you are never going to be you know, deficient. You're never going to run out. The more that you will bless, the more that you will uh, you know, give big doses of Jesus to people, there's going to be so much left over for you. So much is left over for you. Now, after that, I'm flying through this because I'm getting to the bread of life part. But the, the, the next thing that happens is Jesus understands that they're going to want to, they're, they're starting to talk about wanting to make him the king. Like, like king as in right now, as in you're going to overthrow the Roman government. And he's like, oh, 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 you have no idea. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to go to the cross, but you don't know that yet. So what he does is he takes off and goes up into the hills, it says, to be alone with the Lord. Um, and now his disciples, 
Thank you so very much. Jesus took his time coming back down, so they took off without him. They take the boat. They go back. They're, you know, saying, well, that took too long, and it's nighttime, so we're going to take off across the lake to Capernaum. Now, I've been to the Lake of Galilee. It's about seven miles across, and the Bible makes it pretty clear. They're about halfway across, about three and three and a half miles across this lake, when um, who should show up <laughs> but Jesus walking on the water. Um, and, of course, they're terrified. Like, what is going on? And um, this is what it actually, in the, in the uh, Aramaic, it actually, the, the um, literal translation is, fear not, I am. Which, if you don't know, the I am is a, is a term used all through Scripture where, where when, even when Moses says, who should I say sent, uh, sent me to, the, to um, Pharaoh? Thank you. And he says, and God says, tell them, I am sent you. It's a, it's a phrase used over and over and over in Scripture, meaning the divine one. Jesus says, says to his disciples, you're afraid because you don't know who I am yet. I am the divine one. I am the beginning and the end. I am the Lord. I am the Messiah. I am the chosen one. Don't be afraid. And I'm just speaking that over every single one of you in this room right now. I'm speaking to you, whatever you're going through, where where fear is trying to come against you, Jesus says to you, fear not. I am. I am in that situation. I am in that relationship. He says, I'm bigger than the fear of finances, than the fear of of, of lack, than the fear of, of uh, disease, the fear, whatever the fears are, the fear of broken relationships. He says, I'm bigger, I'm bigger, and I am. I'm right here. Fear not. And the next, the last phrase of this, of this story is kind of wild because a lot, of, a lot of scriptures, a lot of versions, whoever is um, writing the, the Bible, whoever is translating the Bible, they all have their lenses, meaning they're trying to figure out from the best they can from the original languages what is actually happening, right? And, and, uh, and so most scriptures, at, at, when Jesus actually gets in the boat, it says, and immediately they were at the other side. But we know that they were just halfway across the lake. I don't know if you're getting this yet. This is another huge miracle that you don't even hear about and actually, in the Passion, it reads like this. They were instantly transported to the other side. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> what was that? I'm just saying, I'm not going there in depth right now. I'm just saying, I'm giving you one more thing to wonder about. It is time we get back to the awe and wonder of Jesus. We do not have him figured out, I promise you that. So, they get. here's what happens what about the people on the other side? Where they left, where they fed the 5,000, those people watched the boat depart without Jesus. They're waiting for Jesus. They want the miracle guy. They like him. They like the miracles. This is really fun. We like hanging out with him because cool things happen. They watched the boat leave without, without Jesus. And they're like, nope, that's not him. We're not following. But then the next morning, they realize Jesus isn't anywhere. They're like, How did he, where, did he, where did he go? So the more boats come in, they take them across the way, and they find Jesus in Capernaum all the way across, right? And this is where they, they follow after him again. And Jesus says this. He says, you came looking for me because 
uh, I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. All right. He's starting to call him out a little bit. He's just saying it like it is. He's like, you know what? You're looking for me, but I know what you're looking for. You're wanting a miracle. You're not really looking for me. He says, why would you strive for food that is perishable? That means here today, gone tomorrow, and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils. See, Jesus right now is saying, you don't know who you have just come to yet. You're looking for the next miracle. That's awesome. God, my dad's all into miracles because he really loves you. He likes to take care of you. But let me tell you something. There's something, something so much greater you need right now. And you're looking at him. I'm the one you need. I, the son of man, I am ready to give you what most matters, what matters most. For God the Father has destined me for this purpose. I have come because I am the one you need. Not the miracle, you need me. Jesus is the greatest miracle. We know that. A life changed by him is the greatest miracle. But, but honestly, sometimes we think, Jesus, if you would just change this circumstance, if I could just have this financial miracle, I'd be so happy. He's like, really? Because really how you're going to be happy is right here, leaning against my chest, knowing what I think about you. These are the deepest things you can experience in life, and it's what I'm here to do. What's their response to this? They, they, they really don't get it yet, just, just to let you know. They said, all right then, so what should we do? If we want to do God's work, Jesus is saying, I'm right here. And they go back to, what do we do? And Jesus is like, all right, if that's the question, then the answer is the work that you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. I'm right here. I'm standing in front of you. This is what you are looking for, says Jesus. This is the one you're looking for. What's their response? Show us a miracle. (laughs) So we can see it and then we'll believe in you. Now, lest we get down on them too quickly, let's be real for a minute. How many of us have gone through great disappointments in life? Lost people that we loved when we prayed and expected them to be healed. When, when things happen to us, you know, abuse and things, when you prayed, God, protect me. I mean, I could go on and on, but this is what happens is, is we pray and we're asking, God, I need a miracle. We pray, you pray for a miracle, a financial miracle, and you, and you lose your house. I'm just giving you some extreme examples of what happens. A divorce happens when you're praying for a miracle, right? And then what can set in very quickly is, well, God... That was too hard, and I don't know if I trust you. So I'll tell you what. I'm just going to be hanging out over here. I still, I still know you love me, and I still want a relationship kind of, but not a really close one because that hurt too much. So, so tell you what. If you show me another really big miracle, maybe I'll step in a little closer. I've been there. We, we do that. And, and the mercy of God is, I know your heart. I love you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win you over with my love. So they went on. They said, 
they said, show us a miracle so that we will believe. Then they said, like Moses, Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. What sign will you perform for us, Jesus? Pick your sign. Hey, it's the Jesus hour. Like, look, this is what Moses did. Jesus is like, really? Really? Okay. He says, the truth is that Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. He's like, people, you don't even know where the source is. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. Miracles are awesome. They're, they, they're a part of the kingdom, but they are a sign. A sign means it's pointing to something. Who is it pointing to? A man named Jesus and the relationship and the intimacy you can have with him. A father who adores you and the relationship, the intimacy you can have with him. Holy Spirit who's walking with you, the best friend ever, who you can have a relationship, a deep relationship with. That's what the signs are for. It's pointing you to someone who's real and who loves you. He goes on and he says, he says, the bread, the bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. And then he just tells it like it is. Here we go, people. I am the bread of life. This is who I am. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. You guys, this is the, this is the crux of the whole thing. This is it. Jesus says, come to me, come to me, come to me every day, every day. This isn't, this isn't just about, you know, did I, did I have my quiet time today? No, that's deeper. Go deeper, go deeper. The word is awesome, and it's pointing us still to a person. But Jesus is saying, come in closer. This is about talking with him about everything that's going on during the day, bringing into into everything that's happening along the way. But you know what? If I just stop there, that could still be another guilt trip. You're like, ah, oh, why am I not doing this enough? No, ask, ask for the Spirit's help. Everything is by the Spirit. And I'm telling you, those, this is why earlier he said in the, in the Beatitudes, he said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled, which means use, use your voice. As you're, as you're with Jesus or as you're longing for him, even if you're not experiencing him or feeling him, use your voice, Jesus. Right now, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. I love you, Jesus. I want to feel you more. I want to know your presence in everything I'm doing. I want to be so in touch with you, so in tune with you. Jesus, when you were alive, you said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus, we want that relationship with you and with our Father in heaven. Jesus, we need you. We need you. We're asking for more intimacy. We, we, it, this can't just be a, a, a informational that, that we know that you died for us. It has to be so much more real than that. It has to be Jesus. Just tell him, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need, I need encounters. I need experiences. I want dreams with you. I want to wake up in the morning thinking about you. I want songs on my lips about you during the day. When I see people, Jesus, I want to see them the way you see them. 
See, this is, this is what he invites us into, this intimacy. He's saying, I will live my life right through you. Right through you. And he says, all who come to me, all who come to me, I will embrace. And I will never turn them away. All who come to me, I will embrace. I will never turn them away. In the early 70s, it was, it was hippies. Today, it looks different, but it's the same. It's the same. It's people who are very broken. You know, maybe they have got, you know, tats all over and piercings and whatever. I'm not even saying any of that's bad. I'm saying it just, it has a, it may have a certain look to it, but really what's behind whether people have those outward signs or not is not even the issue. It's the brokenness of, of people out there, sexual brokenness, all kinds of brokenness, and they don't need someone to judge them. It's not going to help them. One iota. They need somebody who says, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and see, we, this is where we have to be so in love with this Jesus, like so infatuated, so enamored, so drawn to him. He's actually already enamored with you. I don't know if you know that. But to be so enamored with him and that he starts to saturate the way you think, the way you feel, the way you look, the way you look out at people. Because that's how we're going to tell people, this is the Jesus you need to know. And they're going to see it and they're going to want it. And you have it. He lives in you. And he says, the longing of my father is that everyone who embraces the son and believes in him will experience eternal life. And I will raise them up in the last day. Thank you, Jesus. So unite your heart to me and believe. And you will experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. When you eat this bread, you will never die. So Jesus... We come to you as the, the giver of life. In fact, during this message, every breath we took, <laughs> every beat our heart beated, every single, every single movement, every single thing we did came because your life is flowing in us and through us. Jesus, you are right here. We started by saying you're here. I'm saying it again. Jesus, you are right here. And, and you say unite your heart to mine. So if you, I don't know uh, if, if, you, if you're visual in this way or not, but if you are, I'd like you just to, to picture Jesus who stretches out his hands to you, and in his hands, he's actually placed his heart. He says, this is my heart. It's actually for you. It's always been for you. My heart beats for you. And he says to you, would you take your heart, and, and again, if you could just visualize this, taking your own heart, which is the, the very seat of your emotions and your passions, and he says, would you take your heart, and would you reach out with your heart in your hand and place it in mine? Our hearts together, beating as one. Beating as one. Because this is uniting your heart to mine. This is what I promised you. My heart is always been beating for you, has always been beating for you. And I want our hearts to beat together, he says. 
I want our hearts to beat together. And he says to you, I've been getting your heart ready because there's a whole lot of people who need to know me, but I want you to know, even before all of that, I love you because I love you because I love you. And I've always loved you. And you need to know I love you whether you do anything or not for me. I love you. But together, as our hearts are beating as one, and as you come to me daily over and over again, and experience me. We're going to go out and we're going to love people together. And it's going to be great. Because they're looking for me. But I want you to know that I shine right through your eyes. So they're going to see me in your eyes. My hands right through your hands. The embrace when you hug people. When you just love them. When you accept them. That's me. Keep going. Keep doing it. Because they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. So Jesus, we say yes. And we say, here's our hearts. We unite our hearts to yours. We're all in. <laughs> We're all in. Who, who else would love us like this? Who else, Jesus, but you? We're all in. Here we are. Take us, Lord. Take us. So I want to encourage you um, that uh, <laughs> this is just a relationship that goes, that goes on and on. There's no end to this. It goes on and on. He just said, you're never going to die. That means that this relationship never ends. It's just going to go deeper. But I want to encourage you with this tonight that um, just to keep, keep seeking, keep asking, like, we just, like I just did with you. Lord, I need you. I, I need you more than I know. I want you. Because, because what happens is sometimes when we don't see immediate gratification, like, well, I prayed the prayer, nothing changed, I didn't feel anything, guess that didn't work. No, keep going, keep going. He's right there with you, and the, the fruit comes, just keep going. And, and sometimes it may take days. Who, I don't, it, sometimes it's right away, sometimes it takes a little while. But things start to shift the more you focus on Jesus, the more aware you are of Jesus, things shift in your life. And suddenly you're thinking differently and you're looking at people differently. So, so keep going. Keep going. And if you've never given your life to Jesus or tonight was like a new experience for you, after, in just a minute, we're going to have um, uh, Bill and Joel and their, their, some of their prophetic team, they're going to share the voice of Jesus with you. Because some of you might be even thinking, what does Jesus' voice really sound like? So we're going to just, just to help you to hear his heart and his voice. After they're done, at the very end, um, we'll, we'll have, I don't know how we're going to do this. We'll figure it out. Maybe it's me and a few others, but if you've never received Jesus or, or this is all really new to you, um, come on up and, and let us pray with you. Um, cause it's, cause your life, your life is about to take a huge, a huge leap in the, in the direction you've always wanted. All right.